0: Hello and welcome to the podcast today. I'm Sue Styles, your host. And today I want to introduce you to Tony Estevez. He's an international workshop facilitator and he has been known to juggle a few balls and play a bit of ping pong to drive his lessons home, which I think is fun. He's a coach and really opens up, I'll say, windows of possibility thinking for his clients. He holds a BA of Communication Studies. He's got all the learning behind him. He's also, what we're gonna talk about today, the author of Talk to More People, a book about talking to more people, which is why we're talking today, and hopefully talking to more people out there. You, the listeners, Tony, is there anything else we should know about you to get the most out of our conversation today? Hi, podcast listeners. Welcome to Mind Your Own Business. I hope you enjoy the honest business advice and personal stories of mistakes and magic. I'm Sue Styles, your host and business expert, and I am here to share hope and practical and proven tactics to build your business. Hey, all the steps to success and twice the grit. Visit me for business resources, advice, and offers at suestyles.com. And now back to the show.
1: Hi, Sue. Thanks for having me. I would say one thing I could add is that I also have a great deal of passion about spending time in nature and the healing power of nature. And in particular, the mountains just west of Calgary. That is my happy place. I just want to share that. That's a lot of
0: people's happy places. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do have the great Rocky Mountains, don't we? Yeah, we're lucky. Well, I will just open up with a short story about how you and I met, because I think this is very odd, but speaks to your natural gift and ability. I was at dinner one night at a very fancy restaurant with a girlfriend, and you were our server. But I noticed something different in you. Now, I've been a server myself. And, you know, I saw I get that whole industry I guess what I noticed, not only were you a great server, but there was just something about you. And I ended up asking you, you know, hey, Tony, what do you do when you're not waiting tables here? Like, who are you in your other life? And you began to share that you um, help with leadership and training in companies. And I thought, oh, no doubt. Of course you do. You're a teacher and helping people. So we went for coffee after that and got to know each other. That was a good handful of years ago. Can you speak to that a little bit? Is that how you normally meet people?
1: <laughs> hmm. Well, as you said, that was uh, indeed, I feel like that was seven or eight years ago. I wouldn't say there's really a normal way that I meet <laughs> people. It's, it's, it's quite a different depending on each situation. But I am truly so grateful for that initial conversation we had when I was at that stage of entrepreneurship that is that place where you kind of have to have your hand in more than one place to make ends meet sort of thing. That's where I was at that time. And I'm so grateful that we met because you, of course, invited me to a CAPS meeting, the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. And I had been to CAPS meetings before in Ontario, where I had been leaving just a year prior. And you brought me to CAPS Calgary. And that turned out to be one of the best things for me to experience. And it all started with our conversation.
0: Wow. You see, you never know, you just Mm. never know. I do want to go through some of the normal questions I ask my guests, but because your book, I really find the title and the concept of it so interesting. I wonder if we could just start there and we'll bounce around a little bit. But I want to highlight an idea out of the book right away. You've had glowing reviews. People love your books. And. Talking to more people. Now I'm extroverted. I can talk. I like talking to most people. However, even when you're extroverted and you're used to talking to people, it can feel sometimes like a burden when you have to do it for business and to get clients. And one quote that someone who reviewed your book shared, I really liked, let me read it to you. You don't need a script to connect with people. You only need to be willing to share the value that is already within you. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now that's great. And that's also the challenge. Tony, how, how do you connect with believing the value that's even in you?
1: Great question. Well, First of all, I should mention that for anyone who's watching or listening to this, this idea around this talk to more people concept is that that everybody has the ability to connect with other people, whether you're very high on the introverted scale or, or very high on the extroverted scale, it is within us to share some of what is within us with other people. And that's part of the beauty of what makes us human. And we all actually have this desire to connect with other humans. So in fact, just learning this skill, which really is just like any other skill that you can learn to create conversations and to join conversations with other people, it's a really, really important human skill that can totally positively and profoundly change your life, both personally and professionally.
0: Well, first of all, like I could just imagine some people thinking, and I want you to just outline a few of the steps that you go through too, but I can imagine some people thinking I've got nothing to say. What have I got to say? And they just feel like maybe more of a wallflower or that they really have to have something great and amazing to share some super story. How do you help those people learn to talk to more people?
1: Fantastic question. I guess that goes back to your last question. We'll connect that. So, a lot of people think they need to have some kind of a script or some sort of cheat sheet about what to say to someone. But really, I think one of the greatest tips or tricks is just to follow your curiosity and to be interested in other people. And once you discover subjects that are being discussed or things that people are talking about that you can relate to, that's your opportunity to chime in with your fantastic body of knowledge on that subject. And that's how it's about revealing what's within you versus kind of trying to follow a script. So in that regard, I think it's really a lot about just being natural, just being your authentic self. And then if we pull that back, how do you get there? How how do I become natural and my authentic self (laughs) if I'm not so comfortable doing that in public? I'd say really there's a big mindfulness piece and that if you can learn some techniques to becoming more present, While you're out in public, then it's going to be easier for you to to notice and to hear what's going on around you. Mm. And then eventually, once you learn these tools about how to join conversations, you'd be able to chime in and become a part of them.
0: So, tell us a few, just a handful of the tools. I know they're all in the book. They would take hours for us to go over as we would digest them. It would be interesting, though. But in our short time together, what are a couple key things that you think people really need to know?
1: Wonderful. Well, I would say that perhaps one of my favorite segments of the book that I teach in in workshops and in communication trainings is this concept that I call talk to more people listening. And what that means is when you're out in public, you're without your phone, or at the very least, you have it on silent or tucked away. Research has even proven that you're likely to be less distracted if the device is actually out of sight. So like off the desk or off the table, but like out of sight, even better if it's out of the room. But if you're in like, let's say a cafe or something, and you're interested in maybe meeting a stranger, or if you're feeling daring, you can try this talk to more people listening concept, which really means you're just intentionally and respectfully overhearing what's going on around you. You're listening for key words or phrases that you can relate to so that once again, you can connect to your own big body of knowledge about that subject matter for which you're familiar And these provide opportunities for you to join the conversation. But the neat thing about this talk to more people listening concept is that it's very much a first step because I wouldn't encourage you just to jump into a conversation. As soon as you hear something you're familiar with, I would just encourage people to just notice how much of what's going on in the world around them they can relate to by flexing their listening skills. And then eventually, once you've learned a few of the tools, then you could challenge yourself to join a conversation.
0: Ah, what a great first piece to talk more people learn to actively listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I had a situation like this, when I was hiring uh, an uh, administrative assistant for a company, and I did a voice to text on my phone to an association saying, Hey, if you have anybody looking for this kind of work, it's for this kind of a company, and they need these kind of skills. So I kind of described them. And, you know, when I finished that text, the woman at the end of the bench, we were both waiting to go into a cafe. The woman at the end, she says, excuse me, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to listen in, but you were saying a few things. And I think those actually match with my skills. And I happen to be looking for a job. And long story short, the people hired her and she's fantastic.
1: Super. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it can happen is is just... Seize the opportunity by being present with what's going on around you, and then dare to speak up a little bit, uh, Mm. or or learn how you could be comfortable speaking up a little bit more.
0: Mm -hmm. So great to think of! It's simple and easily implementable. Well, let's talk about bring it around to business a little bit. Most of these listeners are probably entrepreneurs, solo entrepreneurs, CEOs, business owners. These people. I think will be challenged to put their phone down, but good advice on that. Do you have an opinion around for yourself, for what you've seen using these principles, what has been some of the best ways that you have gotten business or gotten clients? We're always, I mean, this is the number one thing entrepreneurs want to know. How can I get more business? What Mm -hmm. would Tony Estevez say?
1: Well, Tony Estevez would say what I think a number of other people have already likely said and that getting and generating business really is all about relationships. And so if you can become a relationship expert, and by that, I don't mean romantic relationship expert, although you may evolve into that too, at one point, but if you can become an expert at creating or maintaining relationships, personal and professional, you will likely find that more professional opportunities come your way. And I mean example that we talked about in another conversation we had is a friend of mine is a CEO of a consultancy in in Toronto, and I met her because we were both at a really fascinating session at a creativity conference back in Toronto in two thousand and twelve. And we became good friends. and, we kept in touch over the years. Her business has been increasingly busy over the last couple of years. And so I've worked for her in the past. She's worked for me in the past. And she'd asked if I wanted to facilitate a few events just kind of casually towards the end of last year. But it got to the point where her organization decided to bring me on in a more formal capacity because they just had a lot of work. I happen to have some availability to do what they needed to do in terms of virtual event production and virtual event facilitation. And that's an example of how a relationship, a friendship, I've been privileged to help maintain through keeping in contact and through having conversations and through each of us supporting each other over the years has turned into real world business. And I think that one thing that's often overlooked when it comes to, you know, looking for clients or creating clients is that at least my experience has been, it's not something that you can just sort of do overnight. It's a long-term game. And so if you can put more time into maintaining your relationships in your life, which could be as simple as a phone call or even, heaven forbid, an email check-in or just to let people know what you're up to or to inquire about how you might be able to help them, how you might be able to be of service to them, they will probably find more opportunities are going to find you.
0: Yeah, that's so, you know, after years, right? After years. I know a lot of entrepreneurs who've been in business 15, 20, 30 years, and you really see that snowball effect from their network and from their community. Well, you did an experiment that took you a year. Can you speak to a little mm. bit of that and maybe some of the people that you met along the way?
1: Well, you know, Sue, I would absolutely love to speak to that. <laughs> uh, certainly, back in uh, 2016 and 2017, I did uh, a little experiment, and, and that was something called the Talk to More People Project. And it was a, it started out as a 30 day challenge to meet one new stranger every day for those 30 days. But my business coach at the time said, Hey, Tony, if you want to make an impact with this, don't do it every day for a month, do it every day for a year. And I was like, Karen, that's ridiculous. And of course, that's what I did because I'm a little bit ridiculous myself, right? Uh, So so I took this challenge Mm -hmm. and added some enthusiasm to it. And, uh, and yeah, I met at least one new stranger every day for a whole year. And in total, it was more than 550 new people who I met because of course, many days I would meet more than one person. And it was one of the best things I've ever done in my life in terms of how it affected me personally and professionally.
0: I mean, there's 500, 365, however many people you meet in your CRM right away off the bat. And yet, you know, we push to tell people just reach out and call somebody every day, and it's a hard thing sometimes to do. I heard you met someone special uh, doing that experiment as well.
1: Well, I, I met a lot of special people, <laughs> but you know, on on day three hundred and five, I met one very special person, and sure, I'd be very happy to share a little bit about that. So, I was at a kind of a mindfulness house concert potluck sort of event outside of Calgary. And I sat next to this person who I felt, you know, when you can kind of feel that you have some sort of an attraction to someone, you physically feel it in your chest or maybe your heart or or whatever. Well, I had that feeling when I sat next to this person. And then a little later, I I got the courage to to say hi. I, I noticed, even though I'm an extrovert, I noticed that I was kind of being awkward or I don't know when it comes to being interested in, in a romantic sense with someone, I'm kind of like, I'm all thumbs. I'm goofy. Like, I don't know. (laughs) And so, Somehow I was able to just ask a question around the food. And I think I asked her, you know, like, how are you enjoying the food or how are you enjoying the night? Something like that. And that's how I I met my partner, Renee. And she and I had a, a wonderful, wonderful adventure for more than more than four years together And uh, it's turned out to be a a really, really healthy, loving relationship that started on day 305 of my journey of intentionally meeting strangers.
0: That's a great outcome to that, you know, near the end of the journey. How how many times do they say people give up too soon? So if you're looking Hmm. for new business or a new partner, keep talking to people. I (laughs) I would like to
1: add to that, Sue, as well. I I often have been approached by people for you know dating advice like how do you meet a partner and this talk to more people concept is not about that I, i'm not promoting that you just talk to as many strangers as you can and you might you know eventually you'll you'll meet the love of your life but if we use my extreme example of doing it every day for a year it just so happens that that was an outcome for me and so it it is worth mentioning that for people who are dealing with loneliness and i truly believe there is an epidemic of loneliness in the world today, getting into the habit of connecting with people in real life more often really is an important life skill that can absolutely, it can build your business and it can lead to uh, really, really worthwhile personal improvements as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And it can lead to even your next house where you go to live. Tell me, share with the, the listeners a little bit about that story when you were looking for a place to rent in a town that had no places to rent.
1: Mm. Yes, yeah, so we were talking about this uh, in the, in the pre interview interview, indeed. <laughs> so we have been living in Calgary for a number of years now. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, we're both pretty passionate about the mountains and mm. been intending to move to the mountains for some time. So we were on the, the house hunt uh, several weeks ago. And in Canmore, Alberta, for people who are listening to this in Alberta, you'll probably know that it's typically pretty difficult to find a place to live there. And that's because people want to live in the mountains. And with so, so many professional jobs now moving into the virtual space, a lot of people you know, can just work anywhere. So why wouldn't you relocate to the mountains? So there's not a great deal of Availability in terms of the rental market, and in the uh, home ownership market, you know, real estate has gone through the roof recently as well. So mm-hmm. we're looking to rent. And we'd had a couple of places to see through our property manager, and we went and saw these places on uh, on a weekend. But I knew that I also happen to be equipped with this skill of being an expert at meeting people, and I know that that can can lead to really great things. So I put in extra effort to intentionally meet locals and to ask hey do you know anyone do you know of anyone who's renting a two bedroom apartment in this town and through asking a number of people i got a couple of real world leads one of which led to us actually viewing an apartment like we got introduced to a person who's a property manager who uh, who let us take a peek at one of these uh, properties now, it turns out we didn't end up renting that place. We we did find a place, but not that place. But you can see how the importance of just meeting new people intentionally gave us one more chance, mm-hmm. effectively giving us 50% more viewings in that you know, two-day period from two places to three places by just actually reaching out and asking for help. Yeah, And using mm-hmm. that help as my excuse to connect with another person, which is another thing that people are often unaware that they can do, is you can use your need for some directions, if heaven forbid, you don't have your phone, or some kind of information about the local area, or whatever, you can use your needing help as an excuse to connect with other people. Mm -hmm. And you never know where it might lead.
0: Totally. I mean, just because that one didn't lead to your place, you don't know until you've gone through all of the pathways to see what turns out good for you. That's giving, I hope that's giving people out there ideas too. I know it's giving me some of good ideas of how to meet people, which could turn into clients or even target people who could be your clients. Have you seen anybody either using talking or other methods that you would say, this is the worst way to go look for business. This is the worst way to try to get clients Have you seen anything like that on the other end of the spectrum that we could warn people about or a cautionary tale, you know, don't spend too much time doing this? Probably
1: the worst way to get clients today, if you're an entrepreneur, is any way that goes against your values. If there's a course online, or if there's a coaching program, or if there's some sort of flashy Program of some sort that promises this like instant result, but you get a sense, your intuition kind of pipes up and goes, I don't know if that's all smoke and mirrors, or if you can't find any real testimonials, or you don't know anyone who's actually worked with this person or organization that you know that it might be against your values. And if it's against your values, there's probably not a great likelihood it's going to be successful for that individual. So I'd say it's most important that. You pay attention to what your intuition is telling you, because I think that's one thing that we can often, unfortunately, we can often overlook what our intuition, what our, what our gut is mm. telling us, yeah, or, or what our unconscious mind is telling us. And, and those can often be the most useful pieces of insight or wisdom that we have access to.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally agree. That's when it's incongruent, isn't it? When someone is trying to do something that really isn't authentic to them. And people might not be able to put their finger on it, but it just has an energy around it that's not engaging or not attractive or appealing. And maybe we don't know why, but it could be because someone's not acting in accordance with their values. That's a really great insight. I like that. Very good. Interesting Mm -hmm. to think about. Mm -hmm. Now, you obviously know a lot of people, you've got to talk to a lot of people. Has anybody helped you get to where you're going? Has anyone been or pivotal or helped you along the way that you could share?
1: Yeah, absolutely, of course. We are shaped by the people who mm. we are surrounded by, right? Mm. And we we have the ability to change our shape, if it, as it were, based on changing the people we surround ourselves by. And I think a lot of people don't know that if they're not happy with all of the people who they're surrounded by, they might not know. That that they have the choice to change their Mm. circumstances or create greater boundaries about how much of themselves they'll give to other people. And learning about boundaries is one of the greatest ways I was helped in therapy. So back in, I think, 2010, I uh, had a couple of people very close to me who loved me, who told me, Hey, Tony, you could benefit from some therapy. (laughs) And they told me this very lovingly and they Mm. were, they were right. I was dealing with some, issues that were, were making parts of my life a little bit dysfunctional. And so I reluctantly looked into getting a therapist because I had the misconception at that time of my life, that therapy was only for people who were messed up or for people who've got like real issues as I, as I would describe them mm. at that age. And when I spoke with my first therapist, I, I actually was quite uncomfortable. Woman had a clipboard and she was taking down notes as we were talking. It was at an office in Toronto and I felt, I didn't feel very safe. I Mm. felt really uncomfortable. So that was the only session I had with that person. But knowing that I still needed help a few weeks later, I did a little bit more searching online and and I found a therapist who was a phenomenal fit for me. and, And I worked with him for several years, like three or four years of, uh, of talk therapy. And it was probably the most loving thing I've ever done for myself was to get some professional help. And I can actually say that I think that man like literally saved my life on one particular occasion. So I'm a huge advocate for people who want to put some time and energy into improving their mental health through getting uh, whether that's counseling or peer support or professional therapy.
0: Yeah, thank you for being so open to share that. I think we all need to hear those kinds of stories and outcomes. And you didn't stop when the first experience wasn't what you hoped. And then the next experience really molded your life and your healing. So appreciate that. Do you do that kind of coaching for people?
1: Well, I'm a, I'm a solution focused coach, and so I'm, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a clinical psychologist at all. What uh, solution focused coaching entails is that uh, I'll work with clients who want to get greater clarity on what their next steps are with regards to whatever that is. And Mm. so if a person comes to me seeking some support in terms of a relationship situation that they're working on, I'll support them to the best of my ability in that area, Uh, but typically people come to me for projects they're working on or business endeavors that they want some support with. If someone were to come to me and it it seemed that they needed professional counseling, it would be my obligation to recommend that to them. I I wouldn't try and (laughs) I wouldn't try and take that on myself.
0: Nice. I -hmm. just wanted to define that sort of for what you help people with. And, and I'll mention too, in my own business, of course, one of the things that you often recommend is get the help that you need, <laughs> whether it's in business mm-hmm. or life. And, you know, we all need business mentors and business coaches. And you shared some of your expertise with me not too long ago about this problem solving from the unconscious mind and just a little bit of our conversation in case it helps someone else. Is you know, but the kind of coaching I do is I'm usually telling people what they should do, telling people the right habits to put in a place, you know, I have the answers for these practical, tactical things. And so when you're talking about tapping into the unconscious answers, that's not something I swim with every day. Mm-hmm. And we had a great session that you just lead people through. And I admitted to you, I don't think I have the answer inside if I did, I'd be doing it. <laughs> and so there is a special way to bring that out of people, Tony.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, you know, in our coaching conversation, we did some uh, unconscious explorative work. And that's one tool that I have used in the past. I've been very fortunate to do some training under a, a very, very smart man named Dr. Win Wenger, uh, who sadly passed away this year. And mm-hmm. his whole work for. I think more than 35 years was all about utilizing and exploring the unconscious mind to Mm. to solve problems and come up with creative solutions to, uh, to some pretty big issues. And if you can visualize an iceberg and what you see above the water is that little iceberg, you can imagine metaphorically that that is that, that you see above the water represents our conscious mind. And what we're having this lived experience consciously and everything that we don't see that iceberg that's underneath, which, you know, is more than 90% of the iceberg, that would be a good symbol for what the unconscious mind is constantly processing and using. If you get facilitated through a process of accessing that unconscious mind, you can imagine just how much more, I guess it's like more hard drive space you have to uh, computing power you have to solve your problem or challenge. So I find that to be a a pretty useful tool.
0: Yeah, I did too, because when you're looking for the next step and you don't have it consciously, it's nice to be able to tap in to that world. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're talking about business, maybe you could share if you have a piece of advice or if there was a business owner listening to this what would you tell them? What would be a piece of advice for you? Also, I mean, you don't just offer these workshops and coaching and and talking about talking. You are your own business owner. <laughs> you are the, the what we're talking about today. What advice would you give other people like you in business?
1: Well, Once again, I'd suggest that it's a long game, entrepreneurship. Uh, from, from my experience, it's not something that, that just happens overnight. Mm. I I have seen it happen overnight for a few people who I know, but generally that's the exception and and not the norm. So if you're on this journey of entrepreneurship, I would say, don't be ashamed to do multiple things if you need to, to make it work. As we mentioned at the beginning of uh, of the conversation here, I was working in a different field while I was building my presenting and speaking business for a number of years. And at the time I kind of felt a little shame about that. I sort of was Mm. like, eh, I don't really want to be doing this job, but well, I mean, I enjoyed the job quite a bit actually, but I, I wasn't proud of the fact that I still had to do that for a number of years while people are telling me that I'm a strong presenter. And now that it is my full-time racket, I can look back and say, Hey, Tony, there was no reason for you to be ashamed of that. That's just Mm. where you were on your journey at that time. And if you can just be fully authentic and real with people people can feel that. And that's going to make you connect with people so much more easily. And as I said before, developing business and everything, is all about relationships. So I would say advice for entrepreneurs is like, recognize that it's a long game. Uh, Don't be ashamed if you've got to do other things while you're building your dream project or your business and dare to be outrageously authentic. And Hmm. don't lie or cover up what you're doing because you're going to fear that you're not going to look professional. You'll get there if you keep at it. And if you're uh, if you're truly authentic and if you, if you really want to do it too, that's an important one. Make sure you're Hmm. doing it because you want to do it and not because other forces or people are telling you it's something you should do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Owning that. I don't know if you have ever listened to the podcast. I interviewed Canadian fashion designer, Paul Hardy, and I, I heard a little bit of his clip today, and it's funny because he was saying exactly what you're talking about here in his own way. You know, mm-hmm. lots of times people, entrepreneurs are burning the candle at both ends or three ends, you know, burning the candle all the way up while they're trying to make their mark. And his first height of his career, you know, when he was in the newspaper and people were Telling him he was so great and he was in all kinds of media. He said, It's funny because in his real life, he can rub two nickels together, you know, because he was burning for the craft. And when you get that explosion, it doesn't always manifest right away. You know, he still had years to wait for the money to flow through.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I hadn't uh, heard that segment, but I think what I'm sharing is. It's probably quite well known. It's that most, um, isn't it? They're saying something along the lines of most overnight successes took many, many yeah. years to create.
0: That's right. right? That's it's, right. Uh, so yeah, totally. it's a common theme, people. It's a common theme. Don't give up. Keep on the long haul. It's uh, these are all such great reminders really enjoy talking to you and and your book and your concept. And it's been on my mind. And so I hope that makes me more approachable even to talk to. But before I leave, would you maybe, I don't know if you have a unique experience that you could share or just something that you could tell us uh, before we let you go for today, Tony, and everyone rushes out to buy your book.
1: (laughs) Well, actually, I'd like to share a short story about a stranger I met on the beach uh, in Ontario last week. And it's because it's a good illustration of how we're all connected. So, uh, I was visiting family in Ontario and, uh, my great grandparents had a place called La Chelsch, Ontario, which is quite close to Amberley, which is quite close to King Cardin, Ontario. And, uh, we go to the beach in King Cardin to, uh, to enjoy the sun there. And my sisters, my mother and I were there and we saw this, uh, this fellow with his two little children and and an adorable dog playing in the sand. And we were admiring the playfulness of these kids. They're probably four or five years old, you know, just throwing themselves around in the sand and having fun. Mm -hmm. And the dog kind of came over to us and sort of sniffed us out the way dogs do. Of course, this led to a conversation. And interestingly uh, he, this individual, uh, Travis was his name had worked at a restaurant that I had worked at something like 12 or 14 years ago, at the same time when I was there. And he also knew a bunch of the people who I had worked with and and he's in the midst of a a career change. And what's so important to me about this is just that, of course, if we didn't talk to this stranger and uh, let him know that we thought his dog was adorable and his children were adorable, I would never have known that this is a person who I have almost certainly been in the same room with uh, back when I lived in Toronto and and it gave me this really warm sense of how we are all connected and that if we are all connected maybe there's not really that much reason for everybody to have so much fear of approaching other people because we all really just want to be human and we all just want to feel connected and so if you learn the skills to just to reach out to ask a question to be curious to be present and connect with other people you're you're actually doing a real service to humanity especially during today's day and age with where the world is right now. So I just wanted to share that little story and offer that, yeah, connecting with new people doesn't have to be this scary, difficult thing. It can actually be a lot of fun and it absolutely can change your life.
0: Well, I hope everyone will feel challenged to connect, to get out of their own comfort zone and say hello or start a conversation with somebody and try a new skill. Tony, only if people want to connect with you, where will they find you?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find if you go to talktomorepeople.com. That is talk to more people with the number two. That mm-hmm. you'll bring it to my website. And I am in the process of leaving social media. So I won't be encouraging people to find me on social media. I will remain on LinkedIn. And, um, and also actually for any of your listeners who are interested in some of what we've talked about, I genuinely would love to hear from them. So if anybody who hears this would like a 30-minute uh, like a, a sort of spot coaching session, they, they're they welcome to send me an email at tony at talktomorepeople.com. And I would be happy to offer just a, a little 30-minute freebie of, uh, of some coaching to help them get more clear on what to do next with their businesses or their lives if they felt so inclined.
0: Oh, that's so generous. Thank you. So a free gift, really, to anyone who wants to go towards that. I'll put that in the links for the podcast so you can read where to reach Tony. If you didn't write that down, thank you so much for talking to me today. And um, I hope the rest of you listening, will go and talk to more people. Thank you, Tony. That'll be a wrap for today.
1: Thanks so much, Sue. Thanks for having me.
0: Till next time go talk to more people. <laughs> Please follow and review. If you enjoy these podcasts and then visit me at Sue